Patrick Reed is your Masters champion. P. Reed holding it down. Captain America is the man. Patrick Reed won me my pool. I'm so excited. I had Henrik Sension finishing the top 10, so I won money there. You know, I will admit uh, there was a time there when uh, Reed and McRoy were on the front nine, and I was a little afraid that this wasn't going to be what I wanted it to be. Yeah, what, didn't Patrick Reed, like, bogey the first hole, and I go, God, he's going to choke. And, and, and the statistic that no golfer has had four consecutive rounds in the 60s at the Masters was terrifying to me. Even Ricky made a surge. I mean, Spieth, Spieth made, made a huge surge. surge. Yeah. Congratulations, Ricky. Yeah, so it was it was an exciting finish. Yeah, it was and, really fun. And uh, can't wait for the U.S. Open. That's going to be the next big one. But uh, we are focused on this week. We have a couple things going on. Uh, we do have the NBA playoffs starting on Saturday. Yes. Uh, we don't quite have the matchups finalized there, but we do have the Stanley Cup playoffs starting this weekend. We'll get to that as well. Uh, but let's go ahead and start with the mailbag. Now, the mailbag this week, we went ahead and reached into our live show mailbag and went into what were the questions that we didn't answer from the live show. Now, it's... Turned out, Brad, we actually got to pretty much all of them. Yeah. Uh, but today we're going to answer the ones that we didn't get to. Specifically, uh, our buddy Sam gave us some really good questions, three of them to be exact, and we're going to answer those <laughs> for him. All right, so go with the first one, Miles. Let's see. Starting with number one, which can go in all kinds of different directions, is the NCAA corrupt? Now, this question came off fresh off the college basketball scandal yeah. that we saw uh, taken to form last season. I think we're going to see a little more of that next season. There's a couple different ways that we can answer this question. To me, it's a yes or no. Or, I'm sorry, it's a yes and no for me because I kind of look at it a couple ways. But right off the bat, what are you thinking? Yes. The NCAA is absolutely corrupt. I mean, it, when, when you mean like the NCAA, I don't know if you was talking about like the NCAA as a whole, but I, I just know there's way too many puzzle pieces and there's way too many pawns in the game for it to not be corrupt. Because the NCAA, everything in, in college sports is about the, the bottom line, right? Make as much money as humanly possible. How do you do that? You bring people to your games. How do you do that? You win those games. So you're going to have those oddballs who are trying to be the best they can. How? Maybe by paying players. Like, even just look at look at the basketball scandal. The names that are on this list of, of schools implicated in the basketball scandal, Duke, North Carolina, Texas, Kentucky, uh, Michigan State, USC, Alabama, North Carolina State, Seton Hall, I'm not even halfway through the list. I don't, I'm not going to go on because there are over 20 teams on this list even if even if half of those guys are 100% innocent, that's still 10 corrupt schools. And we're only talking about college basketball. Now, those schools are technically corrupt for paying their players or trying to pay the players. Correct. All right? So, from my end, I feel like there's a lot of criticism on the NCAA as a whole for being corrupt for not paying the athletes. Yeah, definitely. Now... Where I'm going with this is, there was a quote that I saw uh, okay. from Jeremy Wu, who writes for Sports Illustrated, and he says that this is a different scandal because it doesn't because this scandal did not put blame on the players. And his point was that we should not be putting blame on the players for taking gifts, money, etc. And what I'm saying is, how the hell are we not going to put fault on the student athletes in their part in this scandal? For taking the money because they're still doing something wrong as well. You can't put all the blame. The schools are there to make money. Like I, I'm not, I'm not denying that. And as far as the NCAA being corrupt, it's definitely a money hungry system. Yeah, it's a money hungry system that is also keeping athletes, uh, specifically in football and basketball. Right, they're they're forcing them to go to school 
So let me let me get this correct. Let me get this straight before I start talking. I want to understand. You're saying that if the NCAA is corrupt, there are a lot of corrupt student athletes. Yeah, absolutely. So you I'm saying, saying that? Okay. So you look at Reggie Bush when they when they took away Reggie Bush's Heisman Trophy. You think he was at fault for taking the, the three hundred thousand dollars in gift? How could he not be? How, how how could you not hold him accountable? It's we're talking about an adult. We're not talking about a child. Well, you, you kind of confused me here because when you initially started, I thought you were saying like. The NCAA should pay players, right? Well, they're not paying players. Some of these guys, $300,000 is a lot of money, and it's hard to turn down when they Very. deserve to be paid in the first place. See, and I guess that's where I should go with my next argument. I don't think that they should be getting paid. I think that the education that they receive is, and, and the board that they're receiving is absolutely enough. Now, uh, another point I wanted to make, endorsements. These college athletes should have the complete freedom to have paid endorsements. Yes. And what I'm saying is that's where I see the NCAA being corrupt and that they're not letting that happen. Yes. Where I don't see the NCAA being corrupt is where the blame isn't being put on the players as well. Like, I, I, like I feel like they're, they're taking too much of the blame for a scandal like this. I think you cannot be putting the blame on these impressionable 18 and 20-year-old kids. But we're talking kids. about adults. It doesn't matter, Miles. you got to think about you are – some of these guys in some of these scandals, like you look at this, uh, the Alabama, University of Alabama when they uh, when they were bribing Albert Means, he was still in high school. So this guy's a minor. What are you gonna blame him because he? Well, then I'll blame the parents, and I'll blame the parents that allowed it to happen because because at the end of the of the day, the rules haven't changed, and I'm saying that they may not be fair, but the rules are the rules. This is what you're offered to play football at a university or, or to play basketball at a university. I don't care how much money you're bringing them. It's it's the university's job to make money. It's a government institution. They're there to provide services and to bring in the money, to bring in the dollars. And the player knows that going in. He knows what he's getting himself into. I just think it's one of those situations to where you have this young, impressionable, most of the time broke child uprooted from his life in the middle of some ghetto to come play for this big prestigious school eating freaking ramen noodles. You know, a lot of these gifts that these guys are getting are gift cards and stuff that they actually can use. Yeah, some of them do get cars and other BS that they don't need, which I think jokes on them and jokes on the system for that. But you shouldn't have these guys having to eat at Subway when they're making millions and millions of dollars off them. Then give them food stipends, which they're given. They're given food stipends with their board. They're given the food. They yes. don't need to take these gifts. They take them for the lifestyle. They 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 take them for the entitlement. They take them for the wrong reasons. I'm just trying to see if I could if I could put my point out there accurately. What I where I'm where I understand. I think I see where you're you, coming from. Okay, so you you alluded to the, the the lifestyle and all this stuff, but they literally are making these guys like the image, the the lifestyle. They're making them do press conferences. They're making them do interviews. And oh, what do you get? A free gift and free college? What about the Homie G, who's freaking getting free college because he's smart, but he doesn't have to do all these press conferences, and you're not making a dime off of him. But we're talking about some of these schools cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to. And at the end of the day, listen, I I see what you're saying about it's difficult to not accept so these gifts for being a young, impressionable impressionable adult but and I'm not saying that I wouldn't do the same thing in these exact situations I'm just saying that there has to be fault put on those kids that are taking it as well I put, a, I put a little a little fault on them but they're a victim of the system because you have to look at it like this there's no way they can go straight from high school into some kind of semi-pro thing 
and make money to provide for their families. You hear okay. about the scandals where people it's, are paying uh, the kid's parents' water bills? Are you going to put that fault on the kid? Because homie G at Big Name University just offered to pay your mom's water bill for the year. When your mom is working two jobs and has three kids and she's a single mom, you're going to put the ownership on him? When this university is inviting you to their school and they're making millions of dollars off of you, branding you around, parading you like you're a pageant girl, you think that the ownership belongs on that kid because he is taking a free year of freaking house payments or something for his mom who's been struggling, who's seen struggle for the rest of his life and he wants to help out any way he possibly can. And it's wrong on both sides. I'm saying like it's wrong for the school to offer something like that. It's wrong for the player to take it. I'm just saying that in this situation, if we're talking about specifically the NCAA institutions being corrupt, uh, there's too much blame going to one side where it's it's the, the deal is happening on both sides. Now, Another one of my points, with in, specifically in football and basketball, if the kid wants to hire an agent out of out of high school and see where he would get drafted or see, but he can't. He, yeah, okay. But what I'm saying is, let him do that. Like that's that's where it's bullshit. Let him go from that's where let it's him corrupt. Go from high school to college. Yeah, to let him. That's where the corruption comes in. From. Okay, that's where it's bullshit. Like that should be allowed. All right. Yeah. Endorsements should be allowed. Yes. Baker Mayfield should have already been endorsed for yes. years by Nike for playing for Oklahoma. That should be allowed. Yes. Because that's where it's their likeness, right? That's where they're on the field. That shouldn't be associated with the university. But the fact that the univer- this concept of the university paying the athlete, it yeah. doesn't work. Because then what about the rowing team? What about the rifle team? Is it going to be uh, proportionate to the amount of revenue that that, that you know, particular sport is bringing in. You got to pay all the college athletes. You can't just pay. Well, the football no, players. I don't think it. I don't think so. There's a difference between being greedy and being rewarded. Uh, sure, the football players are making more money for the university, but you're gonna. I'm a Title Nine this, and by what I mean is, I'm making yeah. it as fair as possible. Absolutely, every athlete, every student athlete is making the same amount of and money. And that still wouldn't be enough. I guarantee you. It's definitely not enough. Well, it, well, well enough. It, still wouldn't, it still wouldn't be enough in the media's eyes as far as, well, the football players should be making more. The basketball yes. players should be making more. And but then, what they're forgetting is that you have to pay everybody. Yeah, but the argument to the from the university, um, their standpoint would be, we are paying them. You asked us to pay them. Now you want us to pay them more? Why would we do that? Because... It's a, it's a vicious cycle. Yeah, and it, it, there's a no win. Just like when you say uh, college football should expand their playoffs. Yeah, because what eight's not gonna be enough. Twelve's not gonna be enough. Right. Oh, let's do sixteen. Right, and then there's too many games. You know, there's always gonna be someone who's left unhappy. Which is why I think that to fix it, based on the sport and based on how much money they're bringing in, that's where endorsements come in. If they're actually bringing you that much money. Then Nike is going to want them. Reebok is going to want them. Under Armour is going to want them. But Th- they might want your entire football team. You're also running it. Say, I'm, I'm, I straddle the fence hard on paying players. I think they deserve to be played. But how do you keep it from not being a monopoly? How do you keep it from these big schools not yeah. being the best schools ever? You think a freaking Loyola is going to have a it chance? It brings down the whole system. Yeah, it does. And that's another great point that you just brought up. It brings down the entire recruiting system because now you're making it legal for this to happen and legal for an Ohio State or an Alabama to pay a kid $100,000 a year to come play for them. Yeah, when Loyola could probably couldn't even afford to play their entire team right. $100,000. Because you know what? I was looking at perspective when um, – who was it? When Carl Anthony Towns asked for a Loyola jersey and they couldn't – Get one him made. Get one him made in time. That just shows you that they don't have that kind of funding to just have extra jerseys on yeah. hand. I mean, that's a great question by Sam. I, I definitely think the NCAA is corrupt because if if five percent of your organization is corrupt, it's corrupt. Um, it's one of those things where you can't weed out that, and the NCAA will always be corrupt as long as they're 
main goal is to make as much money as hum- humanly possible. Because I mean, even think I even think school by itself is too much money. Like these universities are are charging, like you said, hundreds of thousands of dollars for these kids to attend there. That's corrupt in itself. It was a great question. Great question, Sam. Thank you. And a great argument. All right, so moving on here. I think he's a Miami Dolphins fan, if I'm not, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. We so, are the Dolphins. Yeah, here we go. Um, are the Dolphins rebuilding after cutting Sue and trading Landry? Now, uh, in the NFL meetings a couple weeks ago, the Dolphins came out and said publicly that they're not rebuilding. And I no. think that's total and complete bullshit. And they're uh, not looking at the bigger picture here. I don't see that they even have one player to build a team around. They have some young talent, some young players that they might be able to build around. But I'm telling you right now that Tannehill is by no means a reliable option to keep this franchise in the right direction. Uh, okay, I I think that the Dolphins were 100% in rebuild mold, mode this year, but saying that getting rid of Sue is a sign of rebuilding. I don't... Well, I, and trading... I mean, we're, we're talking about cutting your best defensive player and trading your best offensive well, player. Well, you have to look at Subjectively. it... Subjectively. You have to look at how much money... Sue, Sue would cost him a cap hit of $26 million um, this year and a $17 million in cash, right? And and I was kind of confused because I know if you look at the ratings-wise, he's still the fifth best defensive tackle in the league. But his numbers have gone down. He did have his best... He has had his best year with the Dolphins... But since then, it's gone down dramatically. Like he in two thousand fifteen, in two thousand fourteen, he had eight and a half sacks, and then it went down to six. Then it went down to five. Then it went down to four and a half. Then you look at tackles; it went from forty six to thirty eight, forty one, and then last year at twenty nine. Yeah, it's probably safe to say that it was a situation where they weren't getting what they thought they were getting out of him for the amount of money they, that he was being paid. They are the victims. Okay, so when I'm making this point, they are the victims of overpaying um, when you should be focusing on spreading the wealth and getting multiple players for the best possible value. So with that being said, they get rid of Sue. They also have to get rid of Landry because Landry is going to grab this humongous price tag. And not that they're in rebuild mode, but honestly, like, Landry's a great player. But if you think you're, you're, you're rebuilding your team with getting the attitude guys out there, He's one of the first ones to go. Yeah, you get the diva out of there. Get Adonis Sue's just getting pointless penalties. Diva in the locker room. The diva on the field. Get him out of there. I was I was a little shocked that they didn't get. <laughs> this is kind of hard. More I, the two picks for Landry is great, mm-hmm. but his production was there. Um, is is with a bad quarterback at that. In this division, I, I don't know if rebuild is the right term. I'm telling you right now, I think that the Jets, the Bills, and the Dolphins know that Tom Brady has maximum two to three years left. Yeah. I think they're all getting ready. So they're stacking their puzzle pieces. So they're stacking the puzzle pieces, and I don't blame they're them. Stacking their chips. I, they're, hell, I'd do the same they're gonna thing. They're going to go all in here soon. I mean, the Dolphins, getting rid of Ajayi was probably the first step to this rebuild. Yeah. But then they realized that they have a comparable running back in Kenyon Drake. Oh, hell yeah. But getting rid of... Sue was 100% a money play. Um, they are cutting their losses, cutting ties with the amount of money they spent on him, w- which makes sense. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how, how that shapes up and really how that whole division uh, shapes up and how many yeah. more years of the Patriots that, that we get out of that. Do, so. do the Dolphins draft a quarterback early within the first oh, three rounds? man. Um, I still don't think so. You think they're set? Uh, I still, still think they're still going linebacker in the yeah. first round. Or at least I would still have them taken. I mean, I, I'm not uh, – Maybe they'll take one in the second or third, but not early. Not early. Not. N- I can. Not I can like see them round. taking one in the second, first. But I mean, they're going to want another piece to build around. Yeah. I think they're going to go defense. I mean, 
Yeah. So, um, all right. So speaking of the draft, uh, Sam's third question was a good one. Which quarterback is getting drafted first and why? And he specifically listed Rosen, Darnold, Mayfield, and Allen. This has been a hot topic as of late. We've seen a lot of mock draft 3.0s coming out. A lot of word now that the Browns are going to go after Josh Allen. Yeah, and part of me is like, what the heck? Why? Part of me is like, oh my God, I get it. And then part of me is like, what if? I'm looking at this, man, and this is why I really think that they are going to go Josh Allen. I'm I'm comparing him to Sam Darnold, right? There are there I mean there's always been question marks about Sam Darnold's toughness, about his ability to take care of the ball. Well, they talk about Josh Allen, there's always been question marks about him playing against a better opponents he struggles, right? So whatever. Both guys have their weaknesses. Both guys can be a franchise quarterback. Would you rather get burned by this massive gunslinger or by the guy who's could be the the golden child? I'm looking I'm looking at Josh Allen 64 Six four seven eight should be six five, uh, two thirty seven, and, and Sam Darnold six three three eight. I think that uh, the interest in uh, Allen is definitely makes sense for me for that. Yeah. But I still think at the end of the day that when it comes down to it, it's a Browns move. They're going to go with Darnold. I was look. I was comparing uh, scouting reports, and like you said, the big hit on Darnold is that he doesn't take care of the ball. He's not tough. Yeah. But basically everything else is there. Uh, naturally accurate passer, pocket presence, advanced anticipation, good timing, mobility, throws well on the run, throws receivers open. I just feel like that, quote-unquote, he's the more safe pick. Yeah. And I feel like with the number one overall pick, that's the direction that the Browns are going to go. And then I'm hoping that because they didn't take Barkley number one overall, that Barkley would fall to number four. But, that I mean, I know that's another question, but... Yeah, I... I, I okay, so realistically, the Browns, the Browns move would be go Sam Darnold. But I think that this front office has learned their lessons um, with passing on the guy who'd be a game changer like uh, Carson Wentz, big good quarterback, smaller school, afraid you know they were afraid to take him at first, and a lot of this Cam Newton comparison to Josh Allen has gotten teams hype. Um, I I heard one analyst say he's Cam Newton without all the extra stuff. Without the off-field stuff, without all the NCAA drama, without the guy taking too many hits. He's big, he's mobile, he's got a rocket. Maybe like a Big Ben. you know? A big Ben, yeah. A little more athletic than the Big Ben, but... Yeah. Um, can you believe we're two weeks away from the draft? Oh my... I can't wait for our, our, our mock draft. Yeah, that's going to have to be next week. Yeah, yeah mock draft sure. next week. So we'll uh, definitely be talking more about this. Uh, can I throw in a, yeah. a, a, a quick... We're going to go off topic here a little bit. Well, not too off topic. We talked about Josh Rosen, and one of our friends asked us this question. I want to get your thoughts. Did Rosen hurt his stock with his comments? Yeah, I mean, I I thought that was an an interesting point, but no. Okay. I I don't think his stock is For everyone who doesn't know, uh, Josh Rosen said, I don't need football. Um, I play the game because I want to. And he also said, he said, I get fired up because of my interest in the game, not because I need to play it. And I don't think so either. As a coach, I'm like, Good. I yeah. want you to be interested in the game. I don't need you to need this. There's those guys, like you see those guys who need it when they get it. They, Jamarcus Russell needed football. Trent Richardson needed football. And what they do when they got football, they didn't need football anymore because they had money and they ate themselves and parted themselves out of the league. Josh Rose is not going to be that kind of player. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. And I also think... um that it doesn't really affect the way he's like this is what he uh his 
process was coming into college as well. Yeah. Like, we already knew that this is how he approached the game. I love He's that. He's just man. being truthful. I hope I hope that he becomes a great pro because his brain's too big to not be good and people downgrade the intellectual. Yeah. Like I don't I didn't like when his his coach, his ex coach came out and said that he's too much of an intellectual. He just needs to shut up and play football. No, no, no. Challenge everything, question everything. If I'm a GM, I like that about you. Yeah. He'll he'll work hard. Yeah. And uh, I think he'll have a good career. Hopefully the Giants don't draft him. Sorry going off topic for that one. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> it's fine. Hey, it's all it's all the draft. We got one more here. Um, this is uh, from Danielle. There was one question that we did not answer, and it was during the NFL offseason, what do you think has been the worst trade and what do you think has been the best trade? I'll go ahead and start. Uh, looking at the list of trades, it was difficult for me to kind of narrow it down to one because I really liked what the Rams did. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball. But I'm going to go with my favorite for the value was Jarvis Landry from Miami to Cleveland. Cleveland only had to give up a fourth-rounder this year and a seventh-rounder next year. Also, <laughs> they have $113 million plus in salary cap space to sign Landry to do a long-term deal. Great. That was my – That was my. actually, that was my third-place third trade. Um, but the reason was because I just don't know – when, when the trade happened, I didn't know their their quarterback situation was going to be, so I didn't want. And Landry. it's still up in the air. Yeah, I mean, I, I know Tyrod's there, but yeah, it's... but it, I, I, I mean, I was thinking like Kessler or something like that. Like, yeah, ew. that's a great one, and I think they knew that Miami was strapped. Miami was lucky to get those pieces because they had signed him to a franchise tag. You know, so that's a, an excellent trade. I, What's yours? I'm gonna do. Um, I hadn't decided which one I was gonna do, so I picked two. So I'll just tell you, I'll do this right now. I'm going to do the um, Chiefs trading Marcus Peters to the Rams. For the Rams, I think this is an excellent, excellent trade. Yeah, he might have off-field issues, but you know what typically happens when you take a young player and you pair them with a young coach? The young coach kind of like – they kind of become like this like mentor buddy-buddy thing, not like when you have like an an, an older-ish coach because Chiefs coach is not like – that old like ancient but you you he kind of likes like hey man just knock it off dude let's go out there and ball and i think that's what marcus peterson would do i mean you look at five interceptions last year six interceptions the year before that but even the two years he has he has uh 200 total combined yards um i mean 300 total combined yards uh allowed in two years that's a definition of a lockdown corner. Am I, am I right? Yeah, absolutely. I have to agree with you on this one. That trade was in my top three. I think that the Rams improving on both sides of the ball is going to be they're they're going to be one of the scariest teams in the league for years to come. Um, yeah, and, and it started there by by making that big move and uh, upgrading the secondary. Yeah, I also did like the Eagles getting uh, Michael Bennett. For, they got a I mean they had a flyer with Michael with Marcus Johnson. No, oh well, and uh, they get a they get a seventh round pick back for giving away their fifth. That was upgrade like you could tell Seattle was just selling but whatever on the flip side we have the worst trades and which teams really made some great moves this offseason so it was kind of difficult to pick a worst trade but I'm gonna stick to the Browns I just don't like the fact that they gave up their first pick in the third round of this year for Tyrod Taylor I'm not saying that I'm not a Tyrod fan I'm just saying that I just think that there were uh, how do I say this? Not better options, but just as good of options, either in the draft or in no, free agency. No, 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 where no, 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 no. I don't think that they had you to give up. No, you can't say that they're going to get a player that's going to come in, already know how the NFL works, proven that he can bring a team to the playoffs, and 
is not too good to where he can't be a bridge quarterback. Yeah, but he also hasn't proven that he can stay healthy either. They, they, they don't care about that. They, they want a guy to go in there to to play seven games. Okay. They, yeah, you can find anybody to come in and no. play seven games. Brad, you can find like a Kaepernick could come in and play seven games. Okay, sure. But do you really want Kaepernick in your organization with as much heat as he's getting right now? And don't get me wrong. That's a whole different story, and I'm yeah, on no, Kaepernick's side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying this from like a logical business standpoint. We're going to get players. In our, we're gonna, we, we're the Browns. We suck. We're not, I'm not pissing anybody off by signing Kaepernick. We need as many fans as we possibly can get because we suck. I'm not drafting. I'm not drafting a quarterback at number three when I already am drafting a quarterback with my one of my first two well, first rounders. And I'm not saying with that it's pick, situational, it would... it's situational trading. They don't need that third round pick because of the fact that they they're going to get their quarterback for the future in one of those trades. They just need that bridge. And Tyrod Taylor is a perfect bridge quarterback because you know what is different between a Tyrod Taylor and say a um, AJ McCarron is AJ McCarron has everything to gain. Like, like he's going to they, – they, they got A.J. McCarron knowing that he he's going to be hungry, but he's still going to make his lumps because he, he hasn't done anything, really. Tyrod Taylor is kind of like – he's singing a swan song. He's going to come in with a chip on his shoulder because he got traded from Buffalo because Buffalo didn't have any any faith in him when, when he broke their, their non-playoff streak. He's going to come in there ready, hungry, but he also – you also know that if he doesn't, he's not the quarterback of the future. He'll be an easy guy to exit out of town because that's what Buffalo did. So you're mm-hmm. going to get one or two things: the perfect bridge quarterback, or you're going to get a guy like, "Holy crap, he's playing ball because he wants this. He wants to prove everybody wrong." There's just been so many third round picks and so so much third round talent that I just feel like you're giving up the chance to get a gem, not a quarterback. I'm saying at any position, offensive line, defensive line, to build somewhere else. They have two two picks in the second round, two picks in the first round. I'm just saying that I would not have given up that much for Tyrod. The cha- okay, so you have you're to, just not getting returned. No, you, have to, you have to look at you have to look at at the at the draft as a uh, one big crapshoot. Uh, probably Which worse, it is. probably worse odds than the crapshoot because there's been multiple players who've been taken in the top 15 who haven't panned out to be shit. So you would basically rather know what you're getting. Yeah, you know what Tyrod you're getting because than, than the, the that, that first round, that first pick in the third round could be a scrub. It could be one of the best players, but the chances are he's actually more likely to be a guy who, who's not even a starter in this. Thing. All right, and that's where we disagree. Is where is where I would rather. Uh, go with the higher ceiling. I- I'm just going, which I think that the third round pick is the higher ceiling, and Tyrod is no, not. It, you're, you're, which it is because you know what you're getting with you, Tyrod. You're already getting, you're already getting four players, right? You're getting four players in, in the, the first two rounds before you get to this pick, right? Yeah. You already have your four players. Chances are, one of these four players is going to be a game changer. One of these four players is going to be a bust. You're going to throw a fifth one in there because he has a high ceiling, but then now you still aren't addressing your problem. Who's bridging this this young quarterback? Who's bringing the quarterback into sure. the league? Well, I mean, they traded Kaiser, but in that he case, he wasn't the bridge quarterback. You well, don't want anybody learning from him. What What is your definition of a bridge quarterback? Like a bridge quarterback, a bridge quarterback has to teach a a bridge quarterback a rookie is a quarterback, to play football. A bridge quarterback is a good enough quarterback to get you from point A to point B while your rookie gets comfortable. But we're talking Not, about the Browns. No, listen, listen. Brad? Let me finish. I have to finish this this thought. Not a quarterback where. He's getting booed off in the second game because he wasn't even anything last year. And a Kessler is what I'm saying. That's why you get a Tyrod Taylor. And for a third-round pick, you're telling me I'm getting a guy who could potentially get us to the playoffs? 
He's not going to get into the playoffs, Brad. That's completely far-fetched to, to, to not, think that he's going to win enough games it's to not, take the Browns from one win to the not, playoffs. I mean, what if he wins What if he wins eight games? If he wins eight games, games that's still not the playoffs. What, eight they, eight they wins won, is not going to be enough to make the playoffs. What, what, they won eight games last season? Was Who, it eight or nine? The, the, the Bills. The Bills? It was nine, wasn't nine. it? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. But, but I'm, I'm saying, saying is, there's no way in hell he's even getting to eight wins with, with that roster. I, but, I'm but seeing four getting, max. But they, they have, let's say Barkley pans out to be great. Or or they get a Bradley Chubb. That's sure. another. It's I'm an improvement. That's, a, that's another two wins. It's an improvement, but we're talking – yeah, but we're, but we're talking about – How many – They started many, with one. How many games do you think Tyrod's worth? Six. You, okay, so that's what's about seven games. Okay. Let's say one of one of this, these picks that they have out of their four players turns out to be a stud. How many is that stud? So Barkley. How many wins is Barkley worth? He's not worth extra wins. He's not worth two extra wins. No. So you're saying I'm saying Tyrod with Barkley. No, no, no. With a stud is it, you give him that team, he's worth six wins to me. What? I think that the Browns have the pieces to have a better defense than the Bills and I think that if you Well, give, I'm not bringing the Bills into this conversation. No, I'm you just have saying to. I'm just saying in general. The Bills win 9 games, right? You bring a um why am I a Barkley in with a, a defense that can be that level? You bring uh, Jarvis Landry in. Why can they not win nine games? Because I don't think that that Tyrod is that is good enough to lead that team but, well, F- to take you from one win. Pl- that those players are not going to make yeah. the difference in a one win team. Those players. How are those? But just Landry. Have, just Landry and Barkley. Have, and Tyrod, you have someone who can, who takes care of the football. You have some. You have a running back who pounds the rock. Now you're running back who's good out in space, so now you can run all this BS that they ran out in in Buffalo. I'm not saying they're going to be a nine-win team. I'm not saying that by any means. I'm saying... But you're saying that that they have a chance. I'm saying that they don't. They have a chance to be better. Yeah, to be better, but not a playoff team. And he's only there to serve as a bridge, and a bridge quarterback lasts five games, six games. That's normally how that happens, right? Okay. In 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 that time... It gets your quarterback comfortable. That's worth. That's worth a third round right. first to round you. because because let's say you get a third. Let's say you you don't invest there and you don't give up that one. But you already getting four new guys in your roster before you even get there. Yeah. Let's say you don't get that, and Kessler's getting booed. Every, first or second every game. Wait, quarterback. no. Listen, he's getting booed the first or second game, and now you got to put. A Kaiser in. And you saw what happened when Kaiser came into her. And Tyrod won't get booed after throwing six picks in the first two games? He's not throwing he six. He will get booed. He's not throwing six picks. No, I'm saying that if, if he were to do but that, he's not the then he would get booed. That's why Tyrod's It's such, the same situation. That's, no, that's why Tyrod's such a good quarterback. Because, because you're just situation. guaranteeing that he's not going he's to do safe. that. You're just, he's safe. See, that, and that's where you lose me. Because you can't guarantee that he's not going to come in and do that. Or even get hurt in the first game. You can't guarantee that no quarterback, no player in this world is not going to get hurt in the first game. Right, and that's what I'm saying. That I would rather, I would rather go with the draft pick. I would rather go with the third round pick. What's more this- likely? What's more likely? Kessler to get booed after two games, mm-hmm. or Tyrod Taylor to get hurt in two games? We've seen it. Yeah, I mean, I you would have to go Kessler getting booed. Exactly, and all I'm saying is, at least if you have a quarterback who's going to take care of the ball more than Kessler, who's uh, he's not a better passer. I don't think he's a he's a better quarterback than most of these guys in the NFL. But he, he doesn't turn the ball over. It's going to be okay. Your, your fan base is going to be okay because they're used to losing. They're just not, he's not losing the game for them, which would be okay where you don't have to rush your quarterback in after two games. That's all I'm saying. And I'm saying that you don't have to rush him in just because you don't have a quarterback. You, can, you, you, you just don't need a tie rod to do that. If you don't, 
if you if you keep with a Kessler, you don't get a Tyrod, and Kessler's in there after two games, mm-hmm. and he's begging. They're begging for Sam Darnold to come in, right? I'm not saying they won't do that with Tyrod, right? But I'm just saying, Kessler's I would start him of, anyway. Kessler's more of a what? Well, I'm saying if if, if 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 Darnold is the future, and he then then why are you even waiting to play him? Well, look at it worked all, for I mean, Goff and it worked for Wentz. No, it didn't. Goff was god awful. Yeah, first. but but now he's doing just fine because yes. he had the year under his belt exactly. to develop. So yes, exactly. But it didn't work. So for, why do you need a tie rod? The Rams didn't need one. It, it very rarely works where you bring in this wet behind the ears quarterback, right? But who, we saw it work with who? the number one and the number two overall picks. No, with Goff and Wentz. No, it didn't work. What Goff came in? And the Eagles f- won the Super Bowl. You, I'm the Rams made the playoffs year. as an expansion their team. Rookie year, their rookie year, right? Okay, yeah, their rookie year. They were developing, but even because they had that playing time, they had that experience. Even Goff had a bridge. Even Goff didn't start the first game. Didn't start the second game. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yes, I, I'm going to give you listen, that point, but listen, I'm also saying that listen. that is not worth a third round pick. But to you're me. also Ignoring all the other quarterbacks who came in way too early, who failed, and you know why? Sure, you, that you, does, you know why you're that ignoring happens. that? You know why you're ignoring that? Because you don't remember those guys. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to bring if if you want to bring someone into the best situation possible, you don't bring them. But in. it's up for debate whether or not that that is actually the like the best way to go. Well, okay, uh, we'll just. I, I'm just saying generally. We'll, no, among that's NFL not up for de- that's not up for debate because we'll pull. How? We'll pull, how, how is that not up for debate we'll, when we'll teams pull, are still starting we'll pull, rookie quarterbacks? We'll pull a list. Of how many successful rookie quarterbacks there were. Sure. I'm not discounting the stats. Bust. I'm saying then why is it still happening? Why are teams still doing that? Because, well, well, because, because it's not. But even, it's, even there's still an opinion that it's the best thing to do. wasn't a start right away quarterback. Goff, he, he wasn't. He had a bridge. Oh too. my God. So he, so, he was, so he didn't start for four games? I'd say Tyrod's getting six. Five That's games? Two more. All right. Agree I'll to disagree. I don't know. Uh, how we, we, wait, we, wait, we, 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 I, I know, wait. that's what I'm saying, we, <laughs> we got off, we got to, off, let, let we got get, off topic, let so me get my second, my, your wait. first, your, we haven't talked about one of your worst oh, traits, I only did one. Oh, oh yeah, you're so, and you are probably going to be appalled <laughs> by this, right. I think America's going to be appalled, the worst trade, well I was going to do like the Kilgore trade, but no one cares about sinners, so I was trying to keep it like, more hip, okay, the worst trade, not the player they're getting, but the deal they made, um, was trading for Brandon Cooks, trading away the thirty the thirty third pick. Um, the Rams now don't have their top two picks in the draft, and Brandon Cooks for a scheme play is kind of strange, you know, to me because they they got rid of a pick uh, with Watkins in Buffalo, they got rid of a pick for Cooks, but Cooks is freaking six one, he's deep ball threat, sure, but I'm still looking around at that team for their for their red zone target. And this is probably going to be like, you can probably throw this back in my face because I just shouted how unlikely it is to get a great player. Mm-hmm. But you could, you could have taken one of those bigger wide receivers at 33. Yeah, no, and and, and it's a different story when we're talking about the 33rd overall pick, yeah. you know, compared to whatever, the, that was like the 65th overall pick. So it is different. But I'm not going to disagree with you that it, was, that it was a questionable move, but I am going to say that at that point, I just think that the Rams, I don't think all in is, is the right phrase to use, but at that point... At going hard. Is going hard. Right. I yeah. mean, they're, you, you don't... 
what, Brad? This is just the mentality of that organization right now. And I think it's going to be the mentality it, of this organization. It, 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 it's a philosophy. Look, I mean, even hiring McVeigh was, yeah. was that philosophy. Right. And, and I actually do think – I'm glad you said that because I didn't even think about it this way. My dad says a great expression. He's like, throw enough stuff against the wall and something will stick. And that's literally what they're doing. That is what they're doing. They're getting to leave, getting Peter. And they're getting, getting talent. Yeah, I'm not going to say that players. they're getting great players. They're getting talented players. I just think that it's just like – I didn't think there was any – like big, um, big name trade that was really too bad. Yeah, uh, the Browns. I, one, I completely the Browns agree with was, you. Was questionable. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, but if I had to pick one, only because scheme fit. I mean, they already got a Robert Woods. Yeah. Now they're adding a Brandon Cooks. They're. It's kind of going to remind me of a um, a Kansas City with with all that speed, all the speed runners with no Kelsey. They don't have their Kelsey there. Who are they throwing the ball to in the red zone? That's all they're missing. Yeah. Um, I mean, isn't it refreshing, though, uh, to go off on another point here, to have a team like this? I feel like we haven't seen a team um, just go hard like this in free agency and, and trading and offseason. And it's kind of refreshing. Like, I, like I, I kind of feel like we're going into a place where well, teams aren't really afraid to make these moves. Well, we did. We had a team that went hard. What was it? Well, it actually, it was over a span of two years. So I, I never Who? seen one this year. I was going to say the Giants. Yeah, uh, uh, they and, they, and they definitely went on a big spending spree. And they for sure sucked. But, but I, this is a good one. I think this is. A yeah. Lot well, I I just can't remember in my head thinking about an NFL team doing this because, like, for yeah. me being a huge baseball fan, it's commonplace in baseball mm-hmm. for a team to do basketball this. too. Uh, basketball too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it was. It, it's just going to be interesting to see how that works out for them. Um, but definitely, you know, it, it, and they're gonna stay away from that uh, saying that teams that spend the most money generally do worse because they're actually not spending that much money. They're not. No, they're, they're getting g- a lot of good value. They're gonna restructure. They're gonna put um, Talib on a deal. Restructure. Restructure Peters. Work out that Aaron Donald deal. They got rid of Robert Quinn. Got rid of Tremaine. Got rid of big hefty contracts and replaced them with with, with solid guys. Definitely a uh, exciting off season, and uh, we're gonna have a lot more to talk about here. Coming up to the draft. Uh, but let's go ahead and switch gears here to the Stanley Cup playoffs. If we have some hockey fans out there. I know you're a big hockey fan, Brad. Um, both of our teams are in the playoffs. I uh, I backed the Columbus Blue Jackets because uh, I went to school there. And you are a big Pittsburgh Penguins fan. Yep. Going for their third straight Stanley Cup final. Did you Three see? Believe. I, I'm sure that you already know this. I know. But I'm just going to say it for me, coming from uh, a casual hockey fan, Never in our lifetime have we seen a team win the Stanley Cup three years in a row. Never Three in our lifetime. Believe. 26 years of my life, never seen it. Uh, 1980, I believe, was 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 uh, the last time it happened. I, f- I forgot what the team was. but And you know what's actually— It would be amazing. You know, um, we're going to segue into this. I'm going to pick my first team just because the odds for a team that's been there before um, at plus 1,000. I'm picking the Penguins. It's a lot to me, a lot to do with me being a fan. A lot to, to do with me being the number one team in scoring power plays because it's the playoffs. They're going to be a crap load of power plays. But when you have two players who are having – and you, you could probably push back on this a little bit, um, so I, I'm expecting it. When you have two players on your team who are having a better season than the best player in hockey, that's scary. Very. And with that, I'm saying that's uh, Malkin and Phil Kessel. Very scary. Uh, and you're referring to Ovechkin there on the other side. I was saying Sidney Crosby. Oh, oh my gosh. All right. Well, um, even, well, well, okay, you're not as big of a hockey fan as me, so it, it sounds like a fan pick, right, For, you, for you, from the, that I'm saying, right? They. Uh, I mean, I, I wasn't going to say that it sounded like you were being oh, okay. like, biased well, or anything. They, they interviewed all – the reason why I'm saying arguably the best hockey player in hockey, they interviewed yeah. all the hockey players in the NHL 
uh, this year, and they voted for Sidney Crosby. Yeah, no, and, and and I'm not, I'm not denying that that he is. I'm just saying, as far as I, I, Ovechkin is on his level, just not with the Stanley Cups. Yeah, that's that's the one thing that he doesn't. That have. changes a lot. Like you um, get Brady rings. Yeah, rings. yeah, absolutely. And on my mind, uh, the Capitals a plus eleven hundred isn't bad for the value either. They're not my pick, uh, but I'm just saying for the value, um, and the fact that Ovechkin still doesn't have one. Yeah. Uh, pretty good uh, flyer there just to put your money on. Now, can we uh, pick an Eastern Conference champion? And Oh, no, no, no. Can, uh, do, do you have... Uh, a team from the East and a team from the West? Well, do you have an Eastern Conference Finals prediction? Eastern Conference like, Finals predi- prediction. Yeah. This is tough. So so who's going to play there? I think so I have mind. Pittsburgh. I, I think Pittsburgh um, actually has, a, has an easier draw than Tampa and Boston. Because uh, I know Washington's good, but they, they normally struggle against the Penguins in the playoffs. Um, Flyers, they swept the Flyers. And Columbus is a Flyer team. Like not a Flyer, like I'm not downgrading them, but it's Columbus. Still a wild card. Yeah, um, but you look you look at, at Tampa Bay, they're not even that locked to get past get pla- get past the Devils, get past New Jersey. But then they, have to, okay, then they have to play Boston, who's a great team, who's playing really good, or Toronto, who's hot as hell right now. Like, the, the, I... I was scared to, to pick two teams from the from the East, and that might be because might, I might have done that because I watch a lot of Eastern Conference hockey, but I also do watch a lot of Western Conference hockey. So my Eastern Conference Finals. Oh man, this sucks. I'm gonna go Pittsburgh Penguins and the Boston Bruins. I want to say Tampa, but I can't put the value on Tampa at plus six hundred. Um, although they have. But Vasilevsky, the best goalie, playing the best as in the best in goal, the, the number one point scorer, and Nikita Kucherov. Yeah, sure. But and overall, as a team, they're number one in goals for. Yeah, by by a large margin. Uh, that's goals why per game too. Yeah, yeah. That's why I have them in the Eastern Conference Finals playing the Penguins. That would be a 2016 rematch. I believe you went to one of those games. Yes, and if it happens again, I'm going to go this year. Um, I'm actually going to go to the Stanley Cup if uh it's in t- if it if they Tampa makes it either way. Um, but. I just don't like the way Tampa ended the season, and there's definitely something to be said from from uh, momentum in any sport. Yeah. And we've seen a lot of well, I'm saying eight seven. That's not really how they seed it now, but we've seen a lot of eight seven seeds get to the finals because that you know that's just the team that's hot. Hockey to me, right? The hockey playoffs are difficult to bet on because. Yeah. It's you just never know who's going to be hot at the right time. Whereas the NBA is so much more predictable. It, it, it's kind of similar to baseball, where baseball's uh, pretty unpredictable like that, yeah. where any of the teams could could win the whole thing. Um, and then football's a little more predictable too. So it, it's definitely been like that over the past six or seven years. You know, you I always like to just look at the teams that are just like all around great too when you're picking teams. But this year is one of the most dynamic years when I when it when you think about. But all around, great. I'm not talking about record wise. I'm talking about uh, talent. And every single big top team did something at the deadline this year, and um, I love it. Um, West Coast. Yeah, let's go ahead and look at the other side. Uh, I have a rematch from last year. Actually, I have the Predators and the Ducks meeting again, uh, and I have the let's see, the Predators making it to the finals, and that's because of their defense. So. So for me, I have the yeah, defensive Becker power so good. Yeah, coming on the off of the, the the Western Conference, and then I have uh, Tampa Bay beating Pittsburgh over on the other side. So I have uh, the offense coming from the Eastern Conference. Who do you okay. got playing in the the Western Conference Finals? I'm gonna do a, a, a double dose here. Um, I'm either gonna do this is so I I'm saying 
Nashville for sure. Okay. Nashville for sure is yep. playing Western Conference Finals. Miles, I I just can't get away from this team. You're not going to say Vegas, are you? Well, well, listen. I can't get away from this team because I really love Marc-Andre Fleury. Oh, he's going to say it. He's been there a lot. But this is going to be a grind for them. Yeah. They're playing arguably the best defensive team in the league. The winner of the Los Angeles um, and Las Vegas matchup will make it to the Eastern Conference Finals to play Nashville. How much fun is that going to be? Just from like a from a city marketing standpoint, L.A. and Vegas playing each other yeah. in the first round? And, and I, I'm safe to say that I one of these two teams is going to be there. I also like Minnesota. They're playing really some really good some really good ball. You can't ever discount Anaheim. Ducks are ducks are flying. Yep. You know, um, so it's going to be a fun fun hockey. Um, Hockey matchup. I know you probably don't have the bracket. Would you want to just go through and do this run with it together real quick? Yeah. Oh, you got one. Okay, cool. I do. I do. Yeah. So we can start. We'll start on the east or the west. Uh, let's start in the east. Okay. Matchup one. Who do you got? Tampa Bay or New Jersey? Tampa. Moving on there. All right. I got Tampa as well. Um, Boston versus Toronto. I'll go Toronto. Okay. I'm going Boston. Okay. Um, Washington Columbus. Really want to. Hope that the Jackets pull it out, but I just I still think that they're going to come up short. So I got the Caps winning. I got Washington. You got Penguins or Flyers? I got Penguins. Okay, uh, let's just finish this side up. Tampa, Boston. Tampa. Got Boston. Okay, Washington, uh, Pittsburgh. Hell of a series, Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's going to be a seven gamer. Yeah. Okay, uh, and you got you picked Tampa over over Pittsburgh. Yeah, and I got uh, Pittsburgh over Boston. Okay, let's go to the West. Nashville, Colorado. Nashville. I don't think Colorado stands a chance. Yeah. Um, I was looking at some of these. The I think uh, Nash actually Vegas had the best odds, uh, the worst odds for their first round matchup, and Nashville's close second, way bigger than any team on the on the East. Um, so let's go. Uh, Winnipeg, the Jets versus the um, Wild. Winnipeg. I'm going Minnesota, and uh, the Jets are, are a great great program. Um. I just when I normally bet against teams and bet with teams, I, I get like a closer bond. So I've watched way more uh, wild games. I'm gonna go um, Las Vegas. Yeah, I I wanted to pick Vegas to make it all the way to the finals just because uh, I, I I'm actually a big Andre Fleury fan too. Yeah, uh, and I just love that there's a hockey team in Vegas. And I always go with. Uh, I put a lot of my stock into fan bases and how passionate they are about the team. Yeah. And, oh, my gosh. Did you the way hear, that they've gotten behind Did you hear behind how them. they're trying to, like, they're limiting the amount of way fans and tourists that can buy tickets because they feel bad that their home crowd can't even get tickets to the games? They're always sold out. We, we Remember, we went yeah. there, and we were struggling to find tickets. Right. For just a regular season game. Yeah, versus nobody. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I'm going to go Vegas. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, this is probably a trendy pick here. I'm going to go San Jose. Uh okay, and then that that would be for the next one. Yeah, Anaheim versus San Jose. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah, I'm going to Anaheim there. Okay, um, Nashville versus who you have Winnipeg, and I have Nashville versus Minnesota. I think we're gonna both be in agreement here. Nashville, yep, yep. Okay, and, and then, I've got Anaheim beating Vegas. Okay, I got Vegas over San Jose, and then I got Nashville. Oh my god, my bracket is so freaking predictable. Like. I have I picked one upset in each side, and then the rest of the big teams. <laughs> I got Nashville versus Pittsburgh. Who do you have as your final? I have Tampa and Nashville. Offense versus defense. I have uh, Nashville winning it all in the upset over the – not upset, but getting it done over the Penguins to make me upset. Wow. 
I mean, we 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 are great. This is probably one of our better offensive teams we've ever had, but that defense scares the crap out of me. Yeah, it's uh, a great defense. I'm I'm gonna go with offense for this one. I've got Tampa winning it all. They have four 25 goal scorers. Uh, like I said, number one in goals for they've they, they've got 290 this year. The Preds are number two in goals against, only 200, 204 goals against. So God, that'll be some. That'll definitely be a seven game series. If you were to ask me, one month ago, maybe even about three weeks ago, who I was gonna bring out of the East? Let's do a month ago. I would have 100 said Tampa Bay. Who's gonna win it all? I would 100 Tampa Bay. The way. The way Nashville ended the season, and the way Tampa, I switching it. I'm not doubting that Tampa Bay can make it because they're great on offense and they have the best goalie in my eyes right now in Vasilevsky. But I'm just gonna go by momentum. And not this year, year before that, when Penguins went on that run to make it to the playoffs, they just brought that momentum into the playoffs and won. Yeah, last year they rode the momentum to get home ice through the playoffs and won. It typically happens like that. But. And I think Nashville's going to be hungrier just having been in the finals last year yeah. and losing in six Getting games. Getting Fisher and, back, too. Like, yeah. Fisher coming back, I think, like, I'm all about storylines, right? Um, Tampa, I don't really see the the big headline, like, what, what would they say, you know, if Tampa wins? Um, Nashville has one. Fisher comes back to, to, to make it clutch, or it just says – Fish gets the ring or something. They have like that. that story. Yeah. Vegas has a great story. Vegas has. I mean, I, I, if if you're talking about team I'm rooting for, like yeah. for uh, you know, I want to see the Jackets win. I want to see Vegas do it well. I want to see Pittsburgh do well, but not if they play the Jackets. Yeah, I'm I'm but. only rooting for the Penguins and uh, Las Vegas. All right, all right. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening to our episode this week. We got in a lot of heated debates. Uh, I really love debating sports with my man Miles here. If you guys have any questions or any topics that you want to hear us debate. Shoot us an email to join our mailbag, or you can hit up us on Twitter. Everything's at best the house. Um, it's at best the house at gmail.com. We would love to hear it. And tune in next week. We're going to be uh, laying down our final mock draft before the NFL draft. I'm going to put this online too, so you guys can see it. Uh, so you see how good or bad we did with our mock drafts when it comes down to it. I'll be held accountable. That's fine. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, also, just real quick, we're taking a little trip. Uh, the weekend after? Yes, we will be going to A-Day. That's the Alabama Spring Game. Well, it's on the 21st. We'll be doing a live show. Um, the live show is set at 5.30. You can find that on Facebook as well. Let me just say that again. Uh, Brad is taking me to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, something that is somewhere Roll I tide. never thought that I would be in my life. Roll but he's can't gonna, wait. Actually, um, I'm going to say everyone who, who loves my man, Miles Markowitz, I'm sorry for what I'm about to do, but I'm about to inject him with the tide. Yeah. He's gonna, right. be rocking, he's gonna be rocking crimson. They'll be like, All hey, right. you're supposed to be wearing red. Yeah, 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 right. Scarlet. <laughs> Scarlet. <laughs> All right, thank you guys. Be sure to download us on iTunes. Peace.